Welcome, everybody, to the second part of the podcast, NFL Report, UFC Interview, College Corner, and Closing Bell. Have a holly jolly Christmas, right? Stay tuned for more coming up next. Alrighty, welcome to the UFC segment of the show. It's a special segment we're doing today. We have our special guest star, Dom Berdicia. Uh Dom, thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. So, you know, I want to I start off and ask you about uh, the Paul brothers. You know, you had um, the Logan Paul execution get scheduled and, you know, Jake Paul just <laughs> fought. So, I, 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 what, what, first, what do you think about Jake Paul? Paul has very, very limited boxing experience. You know, he only has, what, one or two fights maybe? Right. I think that I, – I, I completely forget who even fought – oh, never mind. He fought um, Nate Robinson, you know. And, and Nate Robinson, like, okay, you, no, you knock a guy out cold who had no boxing experience and his only athletic experience was being an NBA player. You know, this isn't a guy who, like – he didn't box. He didn't do Muay Thai. He wasn't an MMA fighter. He was he was just an, a former NBA uh, pro. Like I mean, that's that's not really impressive. I don't know how you can knock out an NBA player and be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm big and bad. I can go knock out Conor McGregor now. You know, right? I although, I mean, sometimes sometimes a pretty big win especially with the publicity he got from knocking out Nate Robinson. I mean, that was number one trending on Twitter. Every The, the knockout went viral. I'm sure that would give him quite the ego boost. I mean, considering he's a pretty egotistical person, as is. Right. But, I mean, you got to be cracked out of your mind to think that it is a good idea to call out Conor McGregor. Now, I want to really talk about, um, you know, those those two fights coming up. Um, I don't know if they've scheduled anything official with Jake Paul as of yet. I know Logan Paul and Mayweather is official. The pay-per-view is happening. Um, I forget the date. I think it's February 18th or something like that. Right. Um, you know, with Logan Paul and Mayweather, though, uh, that in itself, I think, first of all, I think it's an absolute joke that it's even happening in the first place. I mean, this is Logan Paul, I think. I think his case is much worse. With 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 Jake Paul, it makes sense that he's going for Dylan Dennis first, and he's trying to work his way up somewhat. But Logan Paul, I mean, you beat KSI in a boxing match, and then your next, you actually lose. Oh, he lost to KSI, so you're zero and one, and your next step is okay. Let me fight one of the greatest boxers of the 21st century. Well, actually, I think you can say the greatest. Um, I don't know who else you would put over Floyd Mayweather for that conversation. You know, and it it's just, I don't understand his logic. I get it's a money grab, but I don't understand how you can walk into that situation thinking, yeah, I can beat one of the best uh, defensive boxers of, uh, of this generation when he had trouble landing punches on KSI. Right. Who, again, that's a guy who has no boxing experience. You couldn't land punches on a YouTuber that uh, that plays FIFA for a living. Right, right. I think now, you're going to do better against Floyd Mayweather. Now, you bring, you bring up some good points, but in your opinion, who is a better YouTuber, Floyd Mayweather or Logan Paul? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm, if I'm looking to take someone, you know, in terms of, YouTube, if I'm looking to watch someone, obviously I would watch, you know, one of the Paul brothers. I mean, Floyd Mayweather didn't make his fortune off of uh, off of, uh, making videos on YouTube. Floyd Mayweather made his fortune in the ring, beating you know, being one of the most marketable boxers in the modern era. Right. But aren't those televised? Wait, what? Aren't, aren't those fights televised so he did make his fortune in front of the camera? Yeah, I mean, you got to take into account gate revenue, too, but a lot of the money was made off of pay-per-view money. Right, right. 
Um, but again, this is if we're gonna talk about entertain being an entertainer, uh, you know, the Paul brothers. But you know, we're talking about a eight round fight in the in the you know in the ring. That that's a different story, right. you know. So, so I'm gonna kind of segue from that now. Um, the McGregor fight. Yeah, I want to uh, segue into the McGregor Poirier fight. Um, that's coming up in January. So McGregor versus Poirier has been anticipated for a long time. Um, well, my camera went out. I think. Yeah, that doesn't matter. I can still but, hear you. All right. But um, McGregor versus Poirier has been a very anticipated fight for a long time. Um, when they first met, that was very early in their career. I believe that was in... I completely forget when that fight was. I think that was about... Yeah, it was six years ago. 2014, very early in both of their careers. That fight was won by Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor won via knockout, first round, minute 46 seconds in. So we're talking six years later. We're going to see the rematch. Conor McGregor coming off of a long layoff, although he had the fight against um, Cowboy Cerrone last year. Well, not last year yet, but by the time the fight rolls around. It'll be uh, one year since, and that was a forty-second. That was a forty-second tuna fight. You know, right. you know, McGregor made very quick work of Cowboy Cerrone, and personally, I think that the thing with Dustin Poirier is Dustin Poirier is fresh. He's fought recently. He's shown he is still a good fighter. He, you know, of course he had that loss to Khabib, but then again, who? in the lightweight division that's in the top five hasn't been beaten by Khabib at this point. You know, right. Khabib's cleaned out the division. So you really, you know, if you want to look at it, the McGregor Poirier matchup is very, very intriguing in terms of where the title picture is going to go from here. Because really you can argue if McGregor wins this, he's going to get the next title shot. You know, I know that's, you know, a lot of like purist fans won't like that, but it, with the way Dana White thinks, you know, he's going to be looking for the money grab. Now, now whether or not Khabib will actually fight McGregor again, that's to be seen. I know, you know, Khabib himself said he was retiring. Dana White's saying something else. You know, it's very unclear to see what exactly is going to happen. Now, odds are either he. Either after this fight, if McGregor does win, it will be McGregor versus Khabib two, or we'll see uh, McGregor versus someone else for the interim interim lightweight title, or the new lightweight title if Khabib winds up vacating. Who he would fight? My guess would be probably Justin Gaethje or someone else. I really don't know at this point who it would be, but. In terms of who I think is going to take Poirier versus McGregor, this isn't because I'm I don't this isn't because I don't like Conor McGregor, but I have to take just uh, Dustin Poirier. I think he's been more active lately. You know, yeah, I mean McGregor hasn't really fought a full fight since Khabib, right? And you know, and Poirier has a well, actually, even looking back at. Um, McGregor's fight with Cerrone. Cerrone is old. Cerrone's uh, as as much as as much of a fan favorite as Cowboy Cerrone is. He is old. He's on a five fight losing streak. Well, four fights and a no contest, but he's on a five fight losing streak. Basically, you know, this guy is on the downturn of his career, and you come in and you knock him out in forty seconds. I wouldn't consider that a big marquee win. You know, you knocked out him. You you beat. You abused an old man in the ring, right. you know, <laughs> as your comeback fight. Right. You know, get, get him I, on social security. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, 
And the thing is, Cerrone hasn't looked good in... Oh, it's been a while, you know, since Cerrone uh, looked good in the ring. You know, the problem is now, you you look at McGregor versus Poirier. Poirier is a very good fighter on the ground. That's one of McGregor's worst areas. In fact, all of McGregor's career losses, for all four of them, were by submission. His loss against Nate Diaz, tapped out by a rear naked choke. His loss against Khabib, tapped out by a rear naked choke. I forget what exactly happened in the other two of his submission losses, but you get the trend. Justin Poirier, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu blackout, back black belt. Oh my god, I can't talk today. But, um... You know, Poirier has won nearly in ha- in his career. About half of his wins have been by submission, and about another quarter have been by knockout. He's he's good at finishing fights. So if we're gonna look at it, I don't think this fight goes the full five rounds. Now, I think Poirier is absolutely gonna look to take it to the ground early. I think that's how Poirier wins it. I think that if Poirier is going to win it, it's going to be by either him utilizing his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu skills early, maybe getting an early submission in like round two or three after he gasses McGregor out, because McGregor doesn't have the best gas tank. Or he puts on a wrestling masterclass and he wrestles him to a unanimous decision. For McGregor, I think if McGregor has to wins it, he's got to show much better takedown defense than he showed in his fight against Khabib. In, in his fight against Khabib in 2018, was taken down with ease, you know, had nothing for him. But then again, nobody, nobody has really anything for Khabib in terms of the uh, takedown defensive department. So we really don't know where where he stands at this point because, again, in his most recent fight against Cerrone, uh, that was 40 seconds. Cerrone threw a, a, Cerrone threw a single punch that missed. And that was it. Right. There, like Cerrone was basically in there like a uh, like a freaking punching dummy for uh, for McGregor. But I I personally think you know it's it's absolutely going to be one of the biggest uh, pay per views of 2021, no doubt about that. I definitely see this um, in terms of pay per view numbers being up there with McGregor versus Khabib. Um, Although that all depends on, um, because usually the sports bars are the biggest buyers of pay-per-views, and a lot of them are closed. So, right. But I think we'll see comparable numbers. Uh, in terms of who I'm going to take, though, I have Poirier by submission, probably round three. Yeah, you know, I don't know what your guys' takes on that are, but I'm going to take your word for it. I am not uh, well versed at all in the fighting world. <laughs> Um, well, uh, I'm just wondering not particularly about the, the fight specifically, but do you think the pay-per-view as a, as a media format, do you think that's on the way out just uh, with this whole pandemic? We've kind of reimagined entertainment. We've seen, like, such, like, movie theaters haven't been able to open, so a bunch of, like, big A-list movies have gone straight to streaming. Uh, do you think something similar would happen pay-per-view where it's not necessarily feasible? Uh, like, if the sports bars aren't open and if they – Drawn the biggest if pay per view draws in the biggest revenue from these sports bars. Do you think we'll see change in that? Maybe um, I don't know, like ESPN Plus or something will pick up some more of these uh, these fights. Or uh, do you, do you well, see yeah, well, the thing is now currently the current pay per view model with um, the UFC is ESPN Plus is carrying all of the pay per view fights. Now the way they do it though is in order to even buy the pay per view, you have to be a a customer of ESPN plus. So that's two things you're buying. You there? It seems like we have lost our, Oh, he's back. And that's, that's the biggest issue I see. The the thing is now, you sort of cut out there. Can you uh, can you restate that? Okay, um, I got you. So, with the current state of the pandemic, the UFC's pay per view model with ESPN has not been working well at all. 
the thing is, for those un- not familiar with it, in order to purchase UFC pay-per-views, you need to be a customer of ESPN+. Plus. So you need to have already spent the money on ESPN Plus in the first place to buy the pay-per-view. And the pay-per-view is still like $70 or something. So that's a whole lot of money. And especially during the pandemic where not a lot of people can afford, uh, you know, things that aren't essential. It's become a huge issue in that you're not seeing as many pay-per-view buyers and you're seeing a whole lot of people still watching these fights through, you know, pirated, bootlegged, you know, I know plenty of people and, you know, and especially with, and this isn't just a problem in the UFC. This is a problem for, you know, boxing as well. You know, the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones fight. I don't know a single person who, uh, I don't know a single person who bought the pay-per-view. Everyone I know that watched it, they streamed it through uh, through bootlegged uh, streams, you know. Right. And I think that's the biggest issue uh, today with combat sports pay per views. There needs to be some serious work done, you know. Personally, how I think if because the thing is, it's very obvious that the current structure is not about growing the sport like it was with um, with the Fox contract back when uh, UFC consistently be on fox sports one and fox um you know that was about you know five 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 six years ago now it's more about the money and you see a lot of the fights that the good fights get stuck on espn plus or espn plus plus pay-per-view so you know that prices out a lot of people and you're not growing the sport as much as you could be Right. You know, I, you know, I think that they'd vastly benefit by putting a vast majority of these fights on the main ESPN channel. I think that could help grow the sport a lot. But unless that changes, I see, you know, I don't see them changing the model because let's face it, Danny, Dana, Dana White is a greedy bastard, plain right. and simple. You know, I, I do not see him unless there's a vast drop in profit, which, you know, a lot of the payment is coming from ESPN, so I don't think there's going to be a massive drop in profit since the pay-per-view buys. Actually, if anything, I'd see most of the complaints coming from the fighters because all there's a lot of fighters, especially on main event cards, um, that have it written into their contract, they get bonuses based on pay-per-view buys. Right. And if less and less people are buying these pay-per-views, that's less and less money they're getting into their uh, into their bonuses, you know, win or loss in their fights. You know, so that's cutting down on what they're making. So, if anything, you could see these fighters look to renegotiate their contracts and perhaps even get loud about the issue. Right. You know, I know they're trying their best to combat the uh, the the current state of things with everyone uh, bootlegging these fights, but I I highly doubt they're going to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So yeah, and one last thing, we got to wrap it up here uh, in ninety seconds. What is your take on the UFC layoffs? The UFC layoffs. Um, I think it's. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, Yoel Romero, um, top five contender who just came off of a loss to Israel Adesanya in March. He was cut. Um, current rumors from sources I've heard. Junior Dos Santos, Dominic, former Bantamweight champion Dominic Cruz, former welterweight champion Tyron Woodley, former women's featherweight champion Jermaine Durant-Rondeme, and, you know, even Cowboy Cerrone and Robbie Lawler, I've heard all of those names in the discussion for fighters that may possibly be cut. You know, rising prospect Rachel Ostevich, also one of those who is cut. You know, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see within the next couple of months what happens um, as I think that we're going to see a lot of shocking news in terms of big names being cut. I know Anthony Rumble Johnson was one of those as well, who was, the, uh, who was a former light heavyweight contender. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Dom, thank you for coming on. And, of course. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. We appreciate you doing this for us. So have a wonderful rest of your Monday. Hey, you too, man. Thanks. Alrighty, welcome to the NFL Report Week 4. Steven typically does this, as you know. Steven is gone. Uh, I have with me Andrew here today. Um, he's going to give some comments after I recap all the games. So, without further ado, let's get started. It was an interesting week. Um, there are now no winless teams in the NFL uh, as the Jets edged out the Rams Yes, the Rams. Thank God they were the team that actually lost to the Jets because we don't like the Rams. 23-20, uh, to 20, it was a happy day for Jets fans, of which there are none, and a sad day for Rams fans, which we don't care about them. So, um, I mean, Jets, Sam Darnold, or I'm sorry. Yeah, Sam Darnold uh, had a couple of touchdowns. Uh, started off their first drive with a touchdown um and then they got a field goal another field goal and frank gore ran for a touchdown another field goal uh i mean so sam darnold wasn't great but he got it done uh they won that is the big news story um and it looks like they also lost trevor lawrence so Jacksonville has that to look forward to. Um, we had a couple of Saturday games. Um, Buffalo just destroyed Denver. Um, it was not even really a, a contest. It was 48-19. Um, I mean, we knew the Bills were good, and we knew the Broncos were bad, but we didn't know that this game would look like this. Um, it was absolutely ridiculous. Um that clinched the uh, the AFC East for the Buffalo Bills. Um, Josh Allen threw for 359 yards with two touchdowns. Um, they had a fumble return touchdown. And he ran for a couple of touchdowns too, Josh Allen. Um, Drew Locke did just okay. He obviously didn't do great. Otherwise, he would have won. 132 for one touchdown. So that was uh, the first Saturday game. Second Saturday game, the Packers uh, continued to roll against the Panthers, um, beat them twenty-three. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty-four sixteen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, another great game for him. Uh, I mean, you you sort of again expect that at this point. Um, he is right there with Mahomes in the MVP race. Uh, some say that because of um, Mahomes' three interceptions last week uh, that he got first, uh, or he is now in first, Rodgers. But, you know, 143 and one touchdown, maybe Mahomes is now first. Um, so those were our two Saturday games. Uh, Dallas won against San Francisco, 41 to 33. That's a shocker. Seattle barely edged out the Washington football team, 20 to 15. Uh, Chicago beat the Minnesota Vikings, who just cannot seem to pull it together. Um, they are. That was a 33 to 27 uh, game. It was an interesting game. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins had a little bit of an issue, like he's been having for a while now, and. Um, now they're six and eight, and the Bears are seven and seven. Still, just trying to hold on. Uh, Miami eliminated the Patriots from the playoffs for the first time since two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, twelve years, uh, eleven years. The Patriots have been a mainstay in the playoffs, and now Cam Newton could not get it done this year. People say, oh, you know, you can put any quarterback in the system uh, and, you know, with Belichick. No, I'm sorry. Didn't work this year. Also, you traded away most of your um, 
supporting cast for Tom Brady, all of his weapons. So really, I mean, Cam was, he was just, he was out there this season just trying to not have a terrible season. Uh, and he's only sort of succeeding. They're six and eight. Miami improves to nine and five with that win. Uh, really did not see that coming for Miami. Uh, I don't think many people did. I mean, you knew they were going to be up and coming. Uh, Tua didn't have a great game, though. 145 yards, no touchdowns, and he did throw an interception. But they got it done. So uh, Jacksonville continued to just lose in a new way every single time. 40-14, to 14, um, Baltimore beat them, improved to 9-5. and five. The Jaguars are now 1-13. and 13. Um, I, You know, it looks like they're going to get Trevor Lawrence and potentially have a bright future a couple of years down the road, but um, just is not looking good for Jacksonville fans. Uh, Atlanta, what's new? The Falcons had a lead. And they blew it. And to Tom Brady, again, uh, you know, they did that a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. And then they had Tom Brady's number, uh, 17 to nothing at half. And then Tom Brady said, you know what? I've had enough. And in the third quarter, they got three touchdowns. So um, they lost. Again, Fournette ran for one. Uh, Brady passed to Godwin. And Fournette ran for another one. So at the end of the third quarter, it was 24-21 Atlanta. And then the Buccaneers got a field goal. Atlanta got a field goal. And then Brady passed for another touchdown to Antonio Brown. And that was it. Punt, punt, turnover, and end of the game. So um, if you're an Atlanta fan, you are tortured. They have lost so many games after leading by quite a few scores this year, um, so not not looking good for them. Buccaneers improved to nine and five. Atlanta's now four and ten. Next game was the Lions at the Titans. Um, if you are a defensive player uh, that is going to be playing against the Tennessee Titans, you probably don't even want to go after Derrick Henry because it's most likely going to be useless. And once again. He stiff-armed someone, and he just has a nasty stiff arm. Uh, they beat the Lions 46-25. to 25. Um, You know, Stafford had 252 yards and a touchdown, but couldn't get it done. Tannehill, three touchdowns. Derrick Henry ran for 147 yards and had a touchdown. Uh, it was just a team effort, really. Um, they just continue to do well. Um, they're now 10-4, and four. Lions are 5-9. and nine. I mean, better than some previous seasons, but got to hate to be from Detroit, too. Uh, Texans at Colts. The Colts put them down, 27-20. to 20. Uh, They improved to 10-4. and four. They're right there with the Titans, um, but the Titans do have a tiebreaker on them. Best head-to-head uh, or I'm sorry, best divisional win percentage. Um, so the Titans will get the division if the records stay the same. Deshaun Watson had a great game, 373 yards for two touchdowns. It wasn't enough, though, because Phillip Rivers threw for two touchdowns as well, and Jonathan Taylor rushed for one. So you're... you're and, and and when you don't have a good defense um, like Houston, then you can't hold off an offense like the Colts. Colts improved to ten and four. Like I said, Texans are now four and ten. Like Stephen has said, it doesn't look good for them in the future. Arizona beat the Philadelphia Eagles thirty three to twenty six. Um, talked about the Jets. That's just huge. Uh, Cleveland beat the Giants 20-6. to They got their 10th win, first time in over 20 years that's happened. Um, Baker brought them to their 10th win. Uh, Chargers did not lose in the final seconds or minutes like they have been all season. Uh, they won in overtime, but they won 30-27 to against the Raiders, who continue to fall apart as the season goes on. Uh, it does not look good for the Raiders. Um, they're now seven and seven. 
they're a loss away from being under 500. Um, Chargers are five and nine, but uh, Justin Herbert continued his rookie um, year by throwing 314 yards for two touchdowns. Um, looks like he may win rookie of the year. Uh, he's just been phenomenal for the Chargers and finally got a win um, after a lot of heartbreaking losses. Um, and then the Chiefs-Saints game. Um, this was an interesting game. I said it would be an issue uh, potentially for the Chiefs, even though they had a 70% chance to win it. It would be the last issue. Um, but Saints tried to rally. Drew Brees tried to rally. Um, but the Chiefs still won 32-29. to 29. Um, You know, and they, they had a two-score lead, the Chiefs did, um, multiple times. End of the first quarter, uh, Mahomes passed to Kelsey for the second touchdown. It was 14-0. Saints came back, and they got a, a touchdown from Taysom Hill. He um, he was playing. It, Taysom Hill got another touchdown. And then Mahomes just kept on going. Um, he did get sacked and fumbled the ball in the fourth quarter, um, which allowed Drew Brees to pass to Alvin Kamara for a touchdown, make it 29-22. Butker got a field goal. Brees... Uh, came down again, thirty-two to twenty-nine. Made it thirty-two to twenty-nine, but did not have enough time. Did not get the ball back, and the Chiefs won. They go up against the Broncos next week. I don't see that being a problem. Um, it looks like they're well on their way to a fifteen-win season, which would be incredible um, for the Chiefs. It would be best season they've ever had. Uh, 254 yards for Mahomes, three touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though, got hurt. Um, he hopes to be back for the playoffs. He will be out for at least the next game or two. Um, Le'Veon Bell had a run, rushing touchdown. Uh, Travis Kelsey, continuing to do well, uh, had a touchdown, and so did Tyreek. So, Andrew, how are you? Good. Good. I want to talk about the Denver Broncos game. It seems uh, that, you know, Peyton Manning really has to step it up. <laughs> um, you know, but you just got to take it one game at a time. That's all you can do. Yeah. Unfortunately, Peyton Manning uh, can't do anything for that team anymore. It's Drew Locke. That's why he has to Mizzou. step it up. Right, right. Uh, uh, they were eliminated as well. Yeah, uh, but I, I mean, so long as both teams are having fun, right. I can't really complain. Isn't that, isn't that what really matters, though? Yeah, They're having know. fun. Um, Steelers go up against the Bengals tonight. Uh, if they lose, it looks like the Chiefs will for sure get the first seed. However, I don't think they're going to lose to the 2-10-1 Bengals. Um, all, all I have to say about the Chiefs is that Patrick Mahomes may have prevented me from winning my fantasy football uh, game this week, which was very unfortunate. He was projected to get 21. He only got my team 20 points. And I'm, uh, I mean, I'll be one point short, it looks like. One point like. short? Wow. Hate so. to see that. Hate to see that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have to play the Colts next week and the Browns in Week 17. Uh, like I said, the Chiefs have to play um, the Falcons and the Broncos. So, I mean, is that – I'm sorry, the Falcons and the Chargers. They already played the Broncos. That was my mistake. Do you, think, uh, do you think the Chiefs will have to change their name at some point? I don't because I think um, the Chiefs, it's not like the Indians, uh, which is disrespectful because they're Native Americans, not Indians. I think the Redskins, that is a blatant, you know, yeah. issue. But the Chiefs, you know, it's, it's a sign of respect almost because you know they are chieftains like there are native american chieftains i don't think they'll have to change their name um but you don't think they have to but do you think they will at some point i don't know i think we'll have to see uh what the environment and atmosphere looks like in a couple of years if uh people really push for them to change it then i'm sure they will um because they don't want to upset anyone but I don't see it in the near future. What about uh, the Atlanta Braves? 
That's a good question as well. I I think it's the same thing if they if they get pressure from you know fans or people across the nation, then they probably will. They've already eliminated the tomahawk chop um, because that was deemed disrespectful and racist. So, and what about the Minnesota Vikings? I don't see any problem there. Uh, is that blatant? Is that racism? Well, I wouldn't say it's racism, but it is trivializing the um, <laughs> the history and culture of various nor or Nordic Scandinavian, Scandinavian uh, tribes. I think. I mean, you make a valid point. Uh, Panthers, by the way, uh, said Marty Hume, you're gone. They fired him, GM. Uh, four and ten season hadn't been doing well for a while ever since um, their Super Bowl game and now he's gone so playoff picture it is shaping up Bills have clinched a spot in the division Chiefs have clinched a spot in the division could potentially be looking at the first seed um, I, again because I don't see they currently have it right now I don't see them losing to the Falcons or the Chargers Falcons just blew another lead um, Steelers will most likely have the second seed. Um, the Tennessee Titans have the fourth seed. Browns have the fifth seed. Colts have the sixth seed. And Miami has the seventh seed. However, Miami is tied with record uh, with the Ravens. They win the tiebreak because they have the best win percentage in conference games. But... It'll be interesting to see if the Ravens can pull it out. Now, um, the Raiders, you know, were sort of in the discussion for that last spot. With their loss this week, I don't see that happening. I mean, they haven't technically, mathematically been eliminated yet, but they're almost there. Well, well, Dominic, respectfully, they just got to take it one game at a time because ultimately what, what the game of football boils down to is just getting the occasional field goal, the occasional um, uh touchdown as well and just so long as they get more touchdowns or and or field goals than the other team and the win yeah no i mean that's a, that's a valid point there andrew they, they uh, just got to take it one game at a time and um yeah, as long as they put in the effort i think good things will happen groundbreaking analysis here from andrew johnson everyone um but i mean if the dolphins or the ravens win next week or if the raiders lose they're out of contention uh, and it will be between the Ravens and the Dolphins. Moving on to the NFC, Packers look like they have that first seed. Um, in fact, as long as they win next week, they will have that first seed, I believe. Um, they're 11-3. and three. The Saints are 10-4. and four. Um, They have not yet clinched the NFC South. The Saints have not. Uh, Buccaneers are right on their tail, 9-5. and five. Um, They have the sixth seed currently. The Rams have the fifth seed. And the Seahawks have the third seed. So you could be looking at three NFC West teams uh, in the playoffs. Uh, Washington football team still has the NFC East currently at 6-8. and eight. Um Although the Dallas Cowboys are five and nine, Giants are five and nine, and the Eagles are four nine and one, so really, still anybody's uh, division as of now. Anyone's but, game. Anyone's game. You just got to get more field goals. Right. <laughs> um, and touchdowns. Ri- right. Touchdowns are important too. Those uh, are key. Packers did clinch the North, I think, last week. We already talked about that. Um, but it looks like that the Cardinals, I don't see the Vikings or the Bears uh, besting the Cardinals just because I don't think they have it in them. Uh, I, I really don't. Well, we'll see how Mozeliak handles this whole Cardinal situation. <laughs> but, the um, Arizona Cardinals, Andrew. Yeah. We'll see how he handles <laughs> the situation. Well, the Bears, um, maybe they will pull it off. They have the Jaguars and the, the Packers, though. Um, however, the Cardinals have a matchup, I want to say, against the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they do. Last week matchup. They have the 49ers and then the Rams. So, you know, looks like they may go one and one each, and then that would mean the Cardinals get the last spot. So Packers, Saints, Seahawks, 
Washington football team, Rams, Buccaneers, and Cardinals. That looks like it's going to be the NFC uh, playoff picture. So um, anything else you want to add? No, I mean, I think you, I think you covered all our, all our bases, so right. to say. <laughs> uh, so what do you like seeing more, field goals or, or touchdowns? Well, I'd say that touchdowns are typically more beneficial, but you can't beat a good field goal right. um, just to put, put you over the edge. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean the occasional safety. That's also 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 pretty. Uh, always fun. Always fun. Always fun. Two points really matter. Um, back to the Dolphins and the Ravens real quick before we wrap it up. Dolphins have the Raiders and the Bills. However, the Ra- uh, I'm sorry. The Ravens have the Giants. Um, and they also have. I just saw it. The Giants and the Bengals. So it will be interesting to see if maybe the Dolphins don't have it in the bag yet. Um, however, if they do tie, uh, like I said, Dolphins have the tiebreaker. So, uh, now everyone knows that as long as you get field goals and touchdowns, you will probably win the game. Defense doesn't matter. So, um, Well, what, what my uh, when my soccer team in second grade was in the St. Charles City City Cup, and we were in the finals. My coach said to me, you just got to get the ball in the goal. And I think that analogy, that carries over to football. It, it's, it's your life motto now. They, they just just got to get it done. You just, just, you just got to meet your goal. Just got to get the correct amount of touchdowns, correct amount of field goals, and the occasional safety. Absolutely. That was the NFL report. We will be back with Steven next week. And uh, go Chiefs. I'm not sure if I'll be invited back, but we'll see. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. So um, the way we do it here at S5, now S4, got to change that. Typically, Stephen and I will, well, originally we were meeting on Saturdays. Then we realized, well, we probably should record it on Mondays because most of the NFL games will be done. Um, we had to do it in two parts for a while because I had scheduled our guest stars on Saturdays um, for a couple of weeks. Now we're doing it on Mondays. Well, um, you just heard in the NFL report me talking about the Steelers. No way they could lose to the Bengals. Well, as I sit here um, kind of recording, putting together the podcast to publish, they lost to the Steelers. Er, I'm sorry. Steelers lost to the Bengals. That's three straight for the Steelers now. And against a Bengals team that is without Joe Burrows. They are 2-10-1. Now they're 3-10-1. I mean, wow. Browns are only one game back in the AFC North now. If the Chiefs win this week against the Falcons, they have the number one seed. Which Steelers had just two weeks ago. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, you know, I wanted to include that in this episode. Um, I just had to add it on in a separate recording, which you guys can't tell. But absolutely incredible. I'm sure Stephen's upset. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Welcome to the College Corner. We have two corners on the show. Um, college Corner, I'm going to briefly just talk about, um, you know, what the College Football Playoff Selection Committee decided. Uh, Clemson decidedly beat Notre Dame in the ACC Championship game 34-10. to Trevor Lawrence was Trevor Lawrence. Um, you have to wonder... Was the Notre Dame win a fluke? Because, you know, the Clemson Tigers did not have Trevor Lawrence or a couple of their star defensive players. Or did they actually just, they were the better team and now they just weren't the better team? Um, That's a question I definitely cannot answer. And I don't know who will be able to answer because we don't know what would have happened 
earlier in the year if Trevor Lawrence was healthy. Um, so, that being said, Clemson took the number two spot in the college football playoff. Alabama at number one, not really a surprise there. Uh, Notre Dame dropped to four. So, uh, they are in the college football playoff and I believe the Sugar Bowl, but they're going to be playing Alabama. Uh, Clemson gets to play number three, Ohio State, in the Rose Bowl. Um, so those are the two big bowl games. Another interesting um, fact is that Army, who went, I think, 9-4, and four, did very well, uh, did not get a bowl game where some lesser teams did get a bowl game. Um, so it's really interesting to see that happen um, just because they did so well and now suddenly they don't get a bowl game. Um, or they did, but it was canceled. I'm sorry. Coastal Carolina is playing in the Cure Bowl. Um, Miami and OK State are playing in the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, Texas is playing Colorado in the Alamo Bowl. Iowa is playing Mizzou on Wednesday the 30th in the Music City Bowl. Florida and Oklahoma are taking on the Classic, or I'm sorry, not the Classic, Cotton Bowl Classic. <sighs> Tulsa is playing Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl, San Jose State and Ball State in the Arizona Bowl. Just kind of running it down. I'm sorry, Army did get a bowl. Uh they finally got a bowl earlier today. I don't think they had decided it, but they did. They got the Liberty Bowl. Um yeah. I'm and I, I was wrong earlier. Notre Dame and Alabama are playing in the Rose Rose Bowl and Ohio State Clemson are in the Sugar Bowl. Peach Bowl is Georgia and Cincinnati. Um Citrus Bowl is Northwestern and Auburn. Number eleven, Indiana gets Old Miss in the Outback Bowl. Ten and twenty-five Iowa State and Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Five and thirteen Texas A and M, who just missed the college football playoffs, is playing thirteenth. Uh, North Carolina, UNC in the Orange Bowl, and NC State's playing Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. Um, a couple other bowls have not been decided yet. Um, that's kind of that's kind of the rundown. I'm not gonna bore everyone too much. Um, Louisiana is playing UTSA in the First Responder Bowl. So that is that is the bowl schedule. BYU is playing in the Boca Raton Bowl against UCF. So, uh, for college football, that's about it. College basketball, they just released um, the new rankings today. SLU lost 90-82 to 82 to Minnesota. They kind of dropped um, to 28th. I mean, they were 27th, um, but now they're 28th. Mizzou has made some headway. They're now up two spots, number 14th behind Creighton. But your top 10 are Gonzaga... Baylor, KU, Iowa, Villanova, Houston, uh, West Virginia, Tennessee, Wisconsin, and Texas. Rutgers, Michigan State, Creighton, Mizzou, Texas Tech round out the next five. Surprising to see Duke all the way at 20th, Michigan at 19th, Illinois at 18, and UNC and Virginia at 17 and 16, respectively. I mean, those are your, your college basketball powerhouses right there other than Illinois. Uh, they're good, they're just not the powerhouses. Really, you only have Gonzaga, KU, and I guess Villanova in the top five that are typically considered powerhouses. So um, season is still very early. Uh, we'll see what, we'll what uh, SLU can do, Billikens. Um, I think they may have a chance this year to really do well. I think they're going to crack the rankings. Um, definitely going to win the A-10 championship. Um, that is, I am of the humble opinion um, that they will be able to do that. So, that is about it. That is about it for the um, college corner this week. Uh, Steven is definitely more well-versed in that. So, you're kind of getting a, um, a dumbed-down version I guess this this week, uh, and I, I do apologize for that. I don't, I just don't know sometimes. Um, so thank you for bearing with me and being patient. I really appreciate that. 
Uh, we'll be back next week, though, uh, with better College Corner. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned. It is time for the closing bell. Next week, um, make sure to tune in next Monday, the 28th. Um, we will be talking about um, the weekend's games in NBA. Um, we will see if that the Chiefs get that number one seed with a win against the Falcons in the NFL report. And, I mean, I think next week we will have an almost solid picture of what the NFL playoff picture will be. Uh, Blues blog. We're going to have special guest star, Tom Tilly. Uh, He was a former Blues defenseman back in the 80s through the 90s. Um, He will be coming on to talk hockey with us. Um, He currently coaches youth hockey in Kansas City, uh, so it'll be great to have him on for a little bit. Uh, we'll talk, hopefully, about Pareko, maybe about the expansion draft. Uh, that is the hope. If something comes up, we'll talk about that. Uh, Cardinals Corner, we're going to try and analyze whatever happens. Don't know if anything will even happen. We'll just kind of, you know, reanalyze the situation. John Brubia did get signed by the Giants, um, so he's definitely not coming back. We'll look at the trade rumors, what the most recent hot stove topics are. And that's about it. Uh, We'll talk about the college football um, bowl games. Not many this weekend. That'll really be the first episode of the new year that we're talking about uh, what happened with the bowl games, the college football playoffs, who's going to be playing in the national championship. And we'll talk uh, about the the new AP poll for college basketball. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'll find something to rant about. If you all want to give me something to rant about, I will consider it. Send it to D-L-L-O-Y-D-384 at iCloud.com. Again, D-L-L-O-Y-D-384 at iCloud.com. Send in what you want me to talk about. Uh, Because unless there's something that really pisses me off in the next week, which I don't think there will be. It's Christmas. Come on. Got to be happy. I will have nothing to talk about. So help me help you. Thank you, guys. Again, tune in next week for Tom Tilly. Uh, Steven will be back. It'll be good to have him. Who knows? Maybe AJ will join us again. It was great having him on. And uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Merry Christmas, everyone.